My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Good morning, Patriots. And this morning is Tuesday, January 30th in the year 2024. We're heading up to a pretty big moment down in Texas as things start to line up for the trucker convoy, which you really want to focus in on the aspects of the revival that's going to be going down there. That's going to be led by Pastor Rod Parker, who was on the show Sunday night. He's a firebrand. It's going to be great. And we've got some big events we're going to go over that are literally going to be shaking the world economy and things that um, are going to affect really how we function over the coming year or so. These are big moments in change in the world. And literally the Tower of Babylon is crumbling. 
the one thing we have to be very realistic about is the size of the tower, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, is much bigger than I think people really comprehend. Or looks like someone says, okay, someone said sound and I have sound. What is what is the, I'm going to just pause here a minute. Is there a sound, 5-5? Five five? Okay. Y'all, I swear. You get me freaked out. Somebody puts sound and then I have to like pause. One person has a technical problem and everybody has to go like, oh, wait a minute. No, it's okay. All right, here we go. Make sure you reboot your phone. Make sure that uh, you keep it rebooted. By the way, that is a real important thing. There is a lot of weight on uh, Podbean brings in a lot of, of data. When I say that, if you know the Podbean app, after a while it gets massive on your phone. And the only way to clear it is to literally remove the, the app from your phone and then open the app back up and reinstall the app. So at times, the Podbean app can get so burdensome on your memory that it can start causing problems on your phone. So just be aware of that if you're using Podbean app. And that's primarily for the folks in live chat. So, okay, so we are in a, in a really critical moment right now of a lot of change in this world. But it's also one that not to take lightly. These are, these are some really critical moments. If you're of the, uh, of the idea always that we're going to win, God's going to win, if you're a Q person, you're going to say, you know, I, I'm, we've got this. White, set, white hats are in control. Like I always like to say, God won with, with the flood in Noah, but there weren't many people left. So don't be the one off the boat. That would be the answer to that. So yes, God wins, but let's be clear where you want to be. You want to be in the boat, not trying to tread water and trying to swim because it won't work too well. And though we, it's by first by water, now by fire. I don't want to be barbecued like a roasted marshmallow, just so I say it. We're going to talk a lot about all that in just a second. In all seriousness, though, in the, in the critical times in which we, we are in, we do need to be conscious about the sorts of threats that are coming at us. One of those is, very honestly, the threat to the finances. Take charge of your gold and silver and take charge of your retirement savings. So in other words, take your retirement savings, which are rooted in, and we're going to talk a lot about this here today, that are rooted in paper currency, get them converted to a precious metals backed IRA or in a retirement deferred tax retirement savings account. So to do that, I'm not a financial advisor, but I sure can give you a lot of opinions, and I do, and I think it would be ridiculous not to get it into a precious metals account. So call, what you need to do is type BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Again, type BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Get that over to Birch Gold. You're going to get a free info packet from them. That's what they send you. Read through it. Get informed. Give them a call. Have them help you plan and take care of your existing 401k or IRA. And then at the same time, when you do that, then you want to check out the other things about getting more precious metals in your life. These are critical times. A lot of things changing and we don't really know what is going to happen, but you want to be prepared. And one thing for sure is this Babylonian paper-filled market, is a fiat currency market, is going to collapse. So, again, text BARS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Get your free info packet from Birch Gold and go from there. All right. One thing happened in the last this week that's very important. And I touched on it last night, but I did a lot of reading on it last night from some different perspectives it's not being talked about much in the news, which shouldn't surprise anybody. 
it, it, it's like, oh, it's really shocking. Um, and this was that Evergrande was deter- declared to be insolvent. Now, what is Evergrande and what is, why is that a big deal? Okay, so Evergrande is a big deal because Evergrande is the is literally the um, largest holder of property in China. Okay, and when we get into Evergrande and we understand what Evergrande really is, we understand that Evergrande is also one of the places in the trillions of dollars that has been used to shuttle money uh, for a lot of the large municipal or mutual funds in our nation. Now, that affects retirement accounts, and it affects people's investment savings. A lot of people invest in mutual funds, not directly in stocks. The estimated amount of liability on this for BlackRock, Vanguard, and Blackstone, which are the three largest holders of assets in this nation, and to a certain degree to the world, is one. $127 $127 trillion. That's the estimated liability right now that is not that is considered to be insolvent. The ripple effect of this could be, and again, this is a, this is a there's no way of exactly knowing, but it could very well be a ripple effect across the economy that will be unprecedented. Now, here's how I, I've been doing a lot of reading, and last night I spent a lot of time reading and researching some of these new shakeups that are happening, the one thing that keeps coming out consistently is the warning of the magnitude of the events to come. What are those events? I I really don't know. We have, on one hand, I I think it's Quaid, I think is his name. I'll check here. Um, But one guy here is is screaming from the top of his lungs that we're going to be in a meteor shower and that everybody's going to die. That's always good. That's kind of like sky is falling stuff. But my, my point is that there is there is a lot of noise and chatter right now that is not of the normal threats of war and end-of-time stuff. This is much more realistic and tangible. And one of the most important ones coming out right now is the issue of finances. Now, here's, here's the reality about America, and, it, and it's a sad reality. Take away the religion, nobody really cares, other than the, the few diehard remnant that will fight for it till the end. Take away children, traffic children in the hundreds of thousands, nobody really cares. Elderly people have had kids. Young people coming up don't want kids. Those in the middle are screaming for help and no one listens. So the country doesn't value children as a whole, and hard statement but true. And that's obvious too because parents that have kids now are willing to listen to the insanity of having their children's gender switched and modified. This is a real issue, and I know that when I say things like this, I can already hear people moaning like, you're not going to really do this to me, are you? Yes, I am. I'm going to tell you that as a whole in America, we don't value children. Proof in this is that we still allow abortion, we have encouraged gender modification, and we've encouraged birth control at a rate unprecedented. We do not value children, period. So it apparently trafficking 750,000 children a year out of this country doesn't shake people up. That's that's one thing. The next thing we have is we have a we have the issues of like I said anything else in our world. If you take away Walmart, that might cause a problem. But I will tell you the one thing that will get to the two things that will get to America almost immediately, and it's it's this: one, take away the guns. You can have all the guns you want, but if you take them away, you're going to trigger America to a revolt because they worship their guns and love their guns more than they do their children, and take away their money. If the money gets shaken, this country will literally go out of their mind. 
and if they they will walk away from the truths about kids, child sex trafficking, satanic worship, corruption in the government, you name it, you affect the bank account in America and America's on its feet. The one truth about this system is it is way overextended. We're literally sitting in a place right now with our own country was sitting in over $30 trillion in debt that's been created and generated by a paper currency. They own the presses, they print the paper, but that only works so long. And this issue in China that happened yesterday, where China declared that Evergrande was insolvent, is no small event. Matter of fact, it's extremely significant in the magnitude of things because what happens then is that there is then a need to start moving massive amounts of wealth. The issue is if we really want to have, and you've heard me say this all along, if we want to have true freedom and we want to be separated from the cabal on a global level, the one thing that has to happen is the global currency, which is the fiat dollar, it's a debt currency, has to be destroyed. And there is no way you're going to destroy that without having a ripple effect into our own economy. There is no possible way. Bank failures are way up right now. That's happening quietly behind the scenes as other banks try to rush in to cover the cover them up. We see inflation now off the charts. If you listen to the lies out of D.C. and you want to believe those, that inflation is running at 3.9%, um, you can go ahead and roll that in a doobie and smoke that lie all you want. The fact of the matter is that our inflation and real inflation in a normal household, which deals with real goods, not these other, not this CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index, which is a stack of numbers to manipulate the idea of inflation numbers. Real, honest inflation in the household, what I would call household day-to-day inflation, is running between 30 and 50% on a household. Food prices are going up quietly in stealth. They are moving these, you're seeing the degradation of your dollar right before your very eyes. The buying power on a global level is decreasing. The cost of goods is increasing and inflation is there to take more of it away. And I mentioned this the other day, but when you start to see outbursts like what I'm going to describe to you, it's a huge indicator. Mother was, my mother was shopping the other day at the local store. An elderly woman was in the middle of the store and just screamed out in, at, at her very loud in the store, what is wrong, This these things this price doubled in two days, which was true. So it was an, it was a uh, produce item that had gone up, in t- in, doubled in price in two days. We're going to be seeing a lot more of this. So the cautions and warnings that we've been putting out here over this last year of truly being prepared are going to become increasingly important. That means if you don't have a garden plan for the spring, get one going now. Get your seeds ordered now. Get things in place. If you don't have chickens planned for this year and you can do it, get chickens going now. This is really critical. This is how, this is a responsible way of doing things. And what it's also doing is it is building the foundation for the true ecclesia, which is the concept of the church being of the community. We have built up a lot of framework around in our lives around the model of the dead Stonewall church. And it's, it's a, a sad statement in the way we live. We live in boxes. We live in neighborhoods and boxes and don't know our neighbors. We don't get to know our communities well. You can go to just about any apartment complex in the United States and you can ask if they know their neighbors and most people will tell you they don't. 
You can go to most communities in the United States and ask them if they know your, their neighbors, and most people will tell you kind of maybe one or the other, but very few. You can. This is the world that we live in. People are walking in a lonely space away from one another, and this is the the loneliness of this is actually the isolation of this is the is the most dangerous part of where we sit right now. Add to that the measures of truth that are pouring out, and you're going to start to see some pretty crazy events going forward. Our mission never changes. And I know this is a repeated message, but it's one that I'm going to repeat constantly to keep us all on point because the message, the mission that we have never changes. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal the sick and the broken. Cast out demons, raise the dead, and seek the greater works as we walk with the apostolic and the prophetic. We are literally trying to bring the fivefold ministry into our lives. And we must, because God is going to pour this out. And there is all sorts of chatter, and this is the one thing I'm going to tell you, it's probably the greatest concern that I see coming, is that there's going to be in this next wave, and I, in as we move into this, one system is collapsing, a new power is arising. Understand that. In no way am I suggesting that um, everything is going to be rosy on this other side. But how people worship, what people believe is going to be extremely important in shaping a future. We have a old, ancient evil that is being destroyed right now, right before our very eyes. This is the Tower of Babylon that is falling. And we have a new regime of power that is arising before us. And with it, they are bringing with them new promises of glory. Indications yesterday are this. Elon Musk, who I would say sits in the gray, not in the good or the bad, but Elon Musk announced that Neuralink, the first successful human implant of Neuralink, has been done. Now, I will guarantee you that is not the first, but it's the first public disclosure of this. They are pushing for a transhumanist agenda. Understand that. We are moving into this at a rapid speed, and we are going to see a continued direction of trying to build a transhumanist society, and they will do it in new forms. The old way was transhumanism by force to enslave society. The new wave is transhumanism by choice because of the great things it will offer you. It's still the same trap in the end of the day. And once you get looped into that transhumanism, you're never escaping, period. You put a neural link in you, you might as well just commit suicide because it's about the same thing. Only difference is instead of thinking that you're, knowing that you're in hell, you're just going to live in a loop of an eternal loop inside of a digital AI. There's many choices ahead for humanity. To get to that next level, literally, we have to go through a destruction of the existing structure. The structure we currently are in is, has touched every bit of our lives. And there's no way to be free from it without having it all come down. To what magnitude it affects us depends a lot on our own individual position, both within God and both within the purposes as God would expect us to do to prepare. I fall back on scripture all of the time, and I would encourage you to read this scripture daily. Jeremiah 6.16, seek the ancient paths. That scripture is a reminder of our, of our way forward because it's the split. It's those that choose the ancient paths versus those that say they will not walk in it. We are seeking in that path with God an ancient path, a, a way of working with him, living with him, to where literally our gifts and talents become the principal way in which we live. We are living in kingdom and pushing that into the natural world. 
And in doing so, we are blessed with the ability to do the things that are said in, in the fivefold ministry. We, are, we, we become part of that in the living example. But this war in the first phase is simply to wake people up in the second phase as we continue to move people to the body of Christ. The shaking is happening, and we're going to be left, and this is a very graphic example, but you need to hear me. This is actually a chapter in a book. I've mentioned this before. I have yet to finish. Yes, I know. But here's the deal. The name of the chapter was this, and I actually sketched this book out in 2015, and it's this. Like breast cancer, we will all be scarred. We are going to go through a surgery, an experience of of pain in this nation that we will not be the same. We will all be left with the scars of this in one way or another. The question is, what do we do with those scars? The promises of technology to solve things is almost a little bit frightening because the people in this next phase are going to be, are already seeking so much and they still don't believe in the miracle God. And this is a real challenge for us all and it's one where the true sense of faith has to be continued to be prayed into and brought into our living and breathing world people want a quick solution people want the the quick fix i took the shot i'm damaged therefore i want to be fixed no accountability the center point and pivot for all of this is truly to be in the place of accountability in a nation and the accountability leads to moral character and resetting moral character, which all of that is framed around our relationship in God and our relationship in how we function in the world. The movement has to stay focused on that pathway. And it must be independent of the political characters that take the lead to try to promise us glory through political change. There is no question that, as I did the show last night, in the laydown of things of the type of war we've been in, of the challenges of that was that we were facing as a nation and as a world based on just people being put to sleep and literally that is a, that's the core of this whole problem is that people have been put to sleep and willfully put to sleep and unfortunately still to this very day the power of the world is greater than the love in our god one thing i've said before this is, and i i think it's worth considering and i'm going to place this in two ways one the Satanists have a greater faith in their God than we do in ours collectively. They get up early in the morning. They do their rituals. They do their disciplines. They live their rituals throughout the day. They do not deviate from it. And I've asked myself this question a lot. Why is that so easy for those that commit to that path and so difficult for those that commit to the path of God? And part of it, I believe, is because they're doing something physically, like they're making little hand signs or doing little seance gestures or doing little sacrifices there's physical acts that they're doing and what god has literally asked us to do is to read the word and to be in him and to trust in him and to stand principally there is no ritualistic format to what's doing you're not told to sit in a certain way to hold your hands in a certain way to breathe a certain way and to and to focus on your breath rather than anything else that would be a meditation-based faith we're not told to do certain exercises, stretches, or bends, and things which some people would refer to as a, a, a like a yoga worship. We're asked to do something very simple. And in the core of that, we're asked to literally sit and be still. Be still and know him and know that I am God. That is amazingly difficult if you try it and really dedicate yourself to it. 
I challenge this regularly and I will challenge it again. Take time every day to sit. Just truly sit in quiet and just let God speak to you. Put everything out of your mind. Sit quietly and do so for 20 to 30 minutes. And I think you will find that challenge to be one of the most difficult challenges you do each day. Because to quiet our mind, to truly hear him in this noisy world is much more difficult than most people realize. So the principle here that we have is to sit and be still for a few moments each day and then to take that into our day. We need to be walking in prayer, walking in our faith, walking in all that we do has to be through him, not just occasionally with him. Everything we do, we should be trying to hear Holy Spirit as we walk. Everything. And I mean everything. If it's getting up out of bed and, and making your bed to literally going down to buy a few groceries at the store or getting the gas tank in your car filled up. Talking and engaging in Holy Spirit in every single action we do is a process of bringing God into our lives. And as we seek that conversation we are starting to align ourselves truly with the voice of God. When we're living in that space, we are starting to live in the greatness of what he is in all things. The Satanists are an an amazingly interesting group of people. And that's not a compliment, but it is an observation of noting that how well they discipline themselves to abide by all things. You can see it in sports players when they openly are doing hand signs when they're in the middle of doing a, a national anthem and they're doing something else. Hand signs when they're working around each other. They communicate in a different way. God doesn't need that. And yet, somehow, the ritualistic piece is easier for people to glom onto than it is to simply do the, the simple thing of being with him. I think it's harder to walk by your choice, and I believe that's at the core of all of this is that the free will aspect of us choosing him in all things is the hardest thing we have to do. If every single person was to seek him in all things, imagine what that would look like at the ripple across this entire society. In seeking his voice and seeking his guidance. We can see this, we can see how it starts to shape many things, including shaping our relationship to material things, shaping our relationship to the land, shaping our relationship to family, shaping our relationship to people on a daily basis. As we're seeking the voice of Holy Spirit, think about how that affects our relationship with one another as we speak words into the world. Our words have the power of life and death. Fundamentally, I don't know that taking down this cabal has ever been difficult. Functionally, I think that taking down this cabal has been and will become one of the greatest moments in human history. And the reason I split those two is fundamentally taking down a cabal simply means that people need to humble themselves before him and repent. As we repent as a nation to stand up and simply then stand in, in prayer and in unison of the, of, in the body of Christ, seeing each other for our hearts, not for the divisions which have been placed upon us, and simply praying and being mighty before him. And then with that, trusting in him to work with us to bring the fourfold ministries into our lives or fivefold ministries into our lives. That's, that's principally it. That equation, there is, no, there is no possible way that this cabal could ever stand. But we are not allowing that flow as a collective whole, but we need to allow this and make this happen as a remnant. Part of that is taking advantage of every moment we have together and always being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
the fear mongering is the greatest technique that is, is available for this power system that's in, in control right now. And fear is truly a virus. And when we take that with doubt and shame, and we take those, and I've gone through those before, doubt, shame, and fear, we combine those three principal elements, the three pillars of the enemy's attack, it paralyzes the children of God. Doubt, is, doubt seeds in the principles of us doubting. Any sort of doubt in our heart is a separation from him because the enemy can flood in its voice and remind you that the enemy is greater than him. That's one of the biggest lies going. The devil has told us to laugh at him because he doesn't exist, and he's got people to believe the devil doesn't exist. One of the greatest hand tricks we've ever seen. And that's collectively a, a general idea that not only are we not in a spiritual war, but the devil isn't a real threat. And that even comes out in ministries to things like the devil's been defeated. He has no power over, over us and no power in Jesus. I, I rebuke that 100% because it's that foolishness and that naivety of realizing the power of the devil's voice in people's head that when you do not acknowledge him and do not realize his threat, you are not able to take it seriously when you confront him. And with that doubt or that mockery comes the ability for the seeding of voice to go into you to separate us from God. We have to live with a true fear of our Father. And that fear is not one of tremblingness, but the one of honestly knowing that when we step away from the true sense of the voice and the word that he wants us to speak, there's accountability. That gets back to a principal issue of reset in this entire world, the world of accountability. Deception and delusion are the absolute tool of this, of this enemy. And it's constantly being deceived. And we're constantly being manipulated. And we're constantly being pushed. But we have to step to a greater level and a greater level in heat. And we can. It's not like this is, this is a mystery, but it's not as difficult, I think, as people realize until we just try to do it and then we realize the challenges which we really, really face. I'm going to play a short piece here that I think is a good perspective of where we are right now. If God is currently allowing you to go through a hardship and you're waiting for that breakthrough, you never have to worry about what other people think of you. You see, people are looking outside in and they will never have the full story. People will jump to conclusions, but all of that does not matter because what matters is what is between you and God and what he's teaching you. If you read the story of Joseph when he was in prison for two years before rising second to Pharaoh, I'm sure a lot of people were laughing at him and falsely accusing him. But even all that stuff was not even written in the Bible because in the story of your life and in Joseph's life, none of that stuff mattered. So stop looking left and right and trying to fix your image. Stop trying to explain yourself to everybody that is asking you why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Because between you and God, you know where God is taking you. And even though it's been a difficult process, you just have to hold his hand and continue walking with him because God is the one that knows every single move. And if he's going to give you that miracle, that breakthrough, he will allow it to happen. And what's important is the process that God is allowing you to go through. He's growing you. He's teaching you. And only he knows the perfect recipe to the outcome of your story. That is beautiful words. And that's the relationship that we each have with God in the personalness of it and how important each one of us is to him. So it's a critical insight to be able to look at this and realize that our role here, each one of us has a critical relationship with him that we need to build and nurture. And the door is open. I think the most amazing thing about God is that he's never closing a door. But I will say this, and I think this is where, when we started with this, I began with the principle today of this collapse of Evergrande and why I want to go back to that. Keeping in mind, there's, and I'm just going to finish up the thought previously, which is we have the doubt, we have shame. Shame is inner healing 
issues. Shame is when you've been, something has happened in your life that you're not able to look at the world and yourself with love. When you have shame in your heart, shame of who you are, you're no longer a child of God. And shame is well-programmed in society. If you're overweight, if you aren't as fit, if you're a guy right now and you're not like wearing tactical gear with the ability to shoot and, and you know, like a tactical guy and kick indoors and be a hero on the front end, somehow you're not a man. This is all lies, by the way. Um, if you are overweight or in, as you perceive yourself, let me be clear, perceive yourself overweight. If you perceive yourself as not what's on the cover of, of Vogue or on the cover of, of, uh, of Victoria's Secret, which, by the way, most of those models are men anyway that look like women just need to be clear. This is the shaping of how to create the illusion. I mean, women, I'm just going to be very honest. One of the biggest impacts that have been had on your lives is they have literally been putting male models as transgenders in to tell you how to look. That changes the way you see yourself, You see the way you see yourself physically. You start to have men that don't have hips and they're supposed to be women. I mean, this is like stupid, right? This is what has happened and what the illusion that they've done and the whole principle of this is to invoke shame upon people and doubt in the heart, but shame in particular, when we add to that inner trauma, that, that healing and the needs from the trauma of our lives, be it something as simple as said, and I've mentioned this before, and, I, and it's, it's a simple thing like in my own life, my grandfather, I remember when I was about, I don't know, something like uh, second grade or something, and he looks at me and he says, you're fat. That word is, a, is a, we speak death over a child that can carry on in your life. And it's those simple things that are, that happen like that can burden us in ways that leave deep scars. What we speak in our words have literally the power of life and death. And as we speak to one another, we need to be speaking life. So we have to remove these, these issues of doubt and shame. And then of course we have fear. Fear is like a virus. And once it gets seeded in, it will start to take over and start to consume you. I am literally convinced that there are people out here that we call them targeted individuals who literally see orbs and see many things. And I've done enough work with these people to realize, one, that what they see is real. Two, they have a belief that the entire system is constantly attacking them, and I don't believe that happens. I don't know how it's done, but I'm convinced that there are key people that they have been able to use frequency or they've been able to use some sort of mechanism to stimulate the, the virus of fear within them, and then they don't have to do anything else because fear becomes so acute in a person's mind that they literally start to see things and the world itself transforms to where there's like a demon around every corner. Fear is truly one of the most pernicious and evil things we can deal with. One of the reasons that the Bible speaks of it in 365 times, fear not. Fear is not hard to break, but fear is a process. You have to come out of agreement with it. You have to rebuke it. You have to break the soul tie, and then you have to reset. So these processes, doubt, shame, fear, if we can rid ourselves of that foundational peace, we start to enter into a greater place of who we are as the children of the Most High. And we have great authority in this world. There is no reason we should be living with this nonsense that's going on. But in that, all that creates in the in the doubt and the shame and the fear, we don't trust ourselves or God. Doubt is another great one. Going back to that is the simple issue that we doubt that God can truly provide. I, I don't know what to do. I have a bill. I don't know what to do. God will provide. And no, he really won't. I have to go earn more money. I have to go do this. I have to go do that. God will provide when we pivot our life in to a point where we put everything in, in him. And once we start to align in that way, we are aligning into a world of unlimited potential. 
But when we live in a life where we are confining ourselves with everything dictated by the world around us, by material things, our life translates. And I, I truly mean what I'm going to say. Imagine us, we are the children of God, and our life truly translates to us at Walmart. I want you to just take that image a minute. You have princes and priests walking the face of this earth that are living with the best deals and putting and relying on Walmart to have the best buys to put food on the table in the family. I mean, this is un unbelievable. And that's how far we have fallen in this relationship with God. And I think if we keep that visual before us, like when you're questioning yourself or questioning God, just ask yourself, like, am I going to be a Walmart shopper today or am I going to be a child of the Most High? We have to break these paradigms because they're huge and they're controlling us in negative ways. We cannot have a limited faith. The really good point Nikki just wrote, don't have conditional faith. We have to have complete faith in him. Really good. So we go back to this Evergrande thing. Evergrande is a big moment in, in, this, in this time we're in. And how that big moment translates out is going to a lot for us depend on how we're walking. I believe that the ripple effect of what's happening in China, and it won't happen immediately. It's not like you're going to all of a sudden wake up and everything's going to go crazy. But over the coming months and this year, as a multi-trillion multi dollar economy starts to spin out of control, there's going to be shuttling of money and moves, and you're going to hear all this illusion on the front end about how great things are, how the economy is going to continue to go better. The ultimate delivery of that's going to be when you go and you try to buy a, a gallon of milk, eggs, meat, and the average person is going to try to put food on their table. And those prices are going to continue to go up, and the buying power of the dollar is going to continue to decline. That's the slow erosion and the slow death to where you hit a critical point, and all of a sudden you hit critical mass. This is how they do things when we hit critical mass. It doesn't happen suddenly. It's not like you wake up all of a sudden and the stock market's at zero and silver now is running up to $500 an ounce. That's not where we are. Not yet. Where we come to is a place where they continue to shuffle money and move things, knowing that this economy is going to fall apart, knowing that the food stocks are lower than they've ever been, knowing that people's savings are still relying on the banks. And little by little, these maneuvers happen. People start to report more and more missing money out of their accounts because the banks are quietly pulling money out to offset their costs. You start to go into the grocery store. Like I said, costs go up. Gas costs go up. Costs of everything go up. You start to feel the system grinding down. And this is a point, and it comes to a breaking point, where people will literally start to lose their collective mind. We get through all of this by anchoring ourselves in faith and listening to what God needs us to do, and guiding through a principle of literally preparing for times that are coming. This is going to be difficult times. And preparing to be that great neighbor, to love thy neighbor. That's a hard step at certain points until it's not. When you take the stories that come out of Serbia and, the, and Kosovo and Bosnia during those wars, in particular, and, and Croatia, when you hear these stories, of how their lives got turned upside down during those wars, how they went from a normal life of having easy shopping and so forth to where it became a survival just to have food and water to get by a daily basis, and how money fell apart, all of the worships collapsed. That society, like it or not, was set free for a period of time. As hard as that was, what they came out of that was a, big, a bigger respect for one another. They're still fighting it. 
only because the governments that took control over there are not of them. They're of the, of, they're of the banking cabal around the world. But people don't, haven't lost those memories. We never wish well or speak death upon a society, but the reality is that our world right now in this time is having to be shaken. We have to break the center point of Babylon, and we are the center point of Babylon. We therefore have to place ourselves in a position of understanding that we have become in our places in which we live as we walk with God. We have to be united with others that walk with God. And we have to find a way to build bridges, even with those that we're not accustomed to. Because in the times of desperation, in the times of war, is when we find truly who we are. In war, war is one of those places that is the, both the greatest and the worst of humanity exists side by side. It can happen within an instant. You can see the destruction and you can see life-giving in one breath. When you experience that, you come to pre appreciate the fragility of what we live in. Our life is one of a very fragile life. The conveniences that, that has made have lulled us to sleep truly step us aside from the truth of what life really is. Life should be a bit of a toil. It's part of us growing and developing. Life should be a relationship between man and beast and, and the earth. We've separated ourselves deeply from that. And life should be a place of having to get to know thy neighbor, not just because we like to, but because it's part of a reliance. Certain parts of this country live that way. They have to. One of those is in northern Minnesota. And that part of the country in northern Minnesota, if you go from uh, Thief River Falls north up to War Road, that area up there truly lives in that, in that place because the winters are hard. When you get to a place where winters are minus 40 below regularly every year, you never want to, uh, to befriend or uh, alienate the person down the way just because he's a little goofy or she's a little goofy, because come wintertime, that might be the only person that has that those eggs that you need or might be the only person that has that extra gallon of gas that you need to get out of a moment or the chains on the vehicle to pull you out of a ditch. There's a relationship that changes when we start to understand the interdependency of who we are. All that said is we're coming into an amazing moment, and as we see this change and this, this shaking, there is also a timeline on this, and this is ultimately the bottom line message. This message that I'm going to speak here is, I believe, of God, and I believe it is being echoed in other places. I know people are getting a similar prophetic word. We are entering into a window where accountability is going to be truly delivered upon earth. This is a time of repentance. This isn't casual repentance. This is a time of repentance and to move, your, move yourself from your evil ways into the fold of God. This window is closing. It isn't to say that there is a judgment that you're going to be cast into the lake of fire, but there is a, an accountability in life that is coming that will hit those very hard that are not prepared. Those that are ill-prepared that are still living in the matrix, that are dependent on that lifestyle that has lulled them to sleep, there is a rupture coming that is going to shake them. Some people are saying that that timeline is very near, pointing to April 8th and the eclipse. I believe there's some truth to that. If you follow this eclipse, which is the second eclipse in seven years, that is now passing again through Kentucky, but this one is starting at Eagle Pass when it starts into the continent of the United States, which is amazing. You can't make this up. 
there is a moment of time coming in this world, in this country, where truly the window of repentance will close and the age of accountability will rise. Those that are ill-prepared, and I could walk this through even without saying spiritually, I can make the case for the same thing. All systems that people are being dependent on are crumbling. That means the financial system, the convenience systems of supply and demand, meaning consumerism, even the issues of welfare systems that are people have become, become dependent on. When we look back at Evergrande, one of the things that should disturb everybody is the number of mutual funds that are tied to this, which means retirement funds as well. Most of the retirement funds in the United States in one way or another are tied to Evergrande. Will they be affected? Quite possibly. I always put a quite because we don't know for certain, and I'm definitely not going to be screaming from the tower like this is a prophetic word because it isn't. This is an, an analytic word. But in looking at the trends of what I see, and they're very real, and we've been watching this for some time, there is a very, very important understanding that things are moving towards critical mass, and there is a point in, that, in which we will cross a crucible and there is no going back. Two collision courses are before us. And this has, again, this isn't even scriptural. This you can prove by data. One is the awakening of people, which is accelerating at a phenomenal rate as they begin to see around their world and realize that what they thought was real is not. The other collision course with that is the system itself that has kept that matrix in, in effect as people wake up. It defeats the system. And the rate at which the system declines and collapses accelerates as well. Those two acceleration curves are hitting critical mass. And when they cross at a right point, literally, it is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It won't take much, and suddenly there's a cascade. When you put all that into a spiritual framework, if you lack a lens, a biblical lens on the world, which provides us with a foundation of reason, reason, compassion, empathy, and ultimately a faith in something greater than ourselves, if you lack that, you are not going to be able to endure this. As one person said yesterday in a very pro profound statement, what is to come will be so great that you will either survive it through faith or it will break you. And I don't know what breaking looks like, but I can guarantee you breaking is not going to be pretty to watch. With that should fall upon our hearts as those who walk with Jesus, the urgency of the hour to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world. There should be no greater moment or motivation in our lives than to try to push the gospel of Christ into people's lives. They may not want to hear it, but at least you've set the seed. Because once those seeds are set in those moments of criticality, they will know where to turn. Remember, what we're doing in many, for many people is simply providing a pin in their life so they have a place to look and know where to look in a time when all things fall apart. How bad will this get? I would simply say this. Babylon is falling. The thing that wove society together at every single level, Babylon is falling. And if we truly want freedom from this world, the dollar, the U.S. dollar has to collapse. That's how bad it will get. The dollar runs the world economy. The dollar is what we've spent billions of dollars and countless lives sacrificed to force the dollar upon other people's lives. The dollar is what binds the worlds together in a debt relationship and enslavement. The dollar is what has funded this deep state. The dollar is what drives the global trafficking of children. The dollar is what stands up and fuels the cartels that push fentanyl and fentanyl laced with trank across our border to kill off people. 
And if you look at the war on humanity and the magnitude at which they're moving and the speed at which they're moving to destroy and kill humanity, it's quite amazing. Because apparently through what they spray in the air, what they put in your food, what they put in your water is not enough. So now it's an all-out war. From the injection to try to kill people to the acceleration of human trafficking to the idea of investing in infecting this nation with fentanyl to try to literally kill people off. They are trying to do an extermination campaign on classes of people, and the highest on their list are Christians. Because Christians, in the end of the day, have such a profound belief in the fivefold ministry when it, when it truly awakens that they know they can't withstand that. All of that coalesces now in a time and a place in which we all live, truly for such a time as this. So as we reflect on that position, take a step back, first of all, and praise God, because you are here now for this time and this moment, and it's not by accident that you're here. And in this amazing moment, as we walk truly in the body of Christ, we have an ability now to be part of a transformation and an awakening of the world in a most spiritually profound moment in time. We all have a piece in that because our relationship with him is also about bringing that, that worship into the world. So as we look at a shaking world, don't be lulled into the convenience of thinking everything's going to be okay. Equally, don't be stirred by the fears which they want you to have. Everything is a full-on war now to every single person because they are after this ancient evils at its last breath. And where we affect this going forward the greatest is the investment we put in seeding the fields before us. The more seeds that we sow, the better people will be positioned, even again, if they don't accept what you say at this time. They always say there's never, there's in, in, a, in a time of war, there's never an atheist that leaves a voxel. And this is an important point because you may be an atheist jumping in, but I guarantee you, once war begins, the fighting gets dirty. Someone's, everyone's going to be praying. The time is coming now for a massive shift in society. Some will call it judgment. I refer to recently a lot of, of the time of Habakkuk, of understanding that what God is doing is greater than we can possibly imagine. The nations are being brought here. And in that, there is a great shaking. It's forcing us to reconsider how we see our world. We are looking now at what we call illegal aliens really need to be considered at times are going to be part of our life and our world. And we're going to get through a place that either we walk it together or we're going to have to see what happens when we walk it apart. Apart from God, I do not believe that this next level people are going to do well. I think ultimately they will be confronted with a reality that the true face of evil will show itself in more in greater ways that will be so undeniable that people will have no doubt where we truly are. And it is a magnitude of what's coming, in my opinion, that is going to be so big that even ourselves at times will be shaken. But that anchor we have on faith will be an amazing moment for all of us because we know where to turn. So be inspired, be driven, and literally sow those seeds. There's no greater time than now. This is an important moment for us all to take that moment and spread God's word into this world and seed it for others to be prepared for and be ready to lift your neighborhood and your neighbors up and your communities up. God's moving. He's shaking. And the root of the world is being reformed. And when any time you shake and tear up a root, 
it, everything changes. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this morning and the assembly we have here and coming together in a fellowship and in a love for one another and true sense of understanding in a deeper way the path that sits before us. No matter what our government is, no matter what our time is and who sits in the powers in the seats of human power, we know ultimately there is only one true king which we serve, and that is Jesus. So, Father, as we pray into this this morning, we're just asking for the clarity that sets upon people's hearts to truly step into that world now, to embrace the walk, that everything that we do, we seek Holy Spirit on everything, that we continue to strive, that we walk in Holy Spirit in a relationship with you, that we're guided in every step, that we pray for greater discernment and we pray for greater clarity and we pray for greater unity within the body of Christ. That in this hour as we walk, to truly take the mantle upon ourselves, that we are to sow seeds, continue to sow seeds with an urgency and a pressing forward, unlike anything we've seen before. And this isn't a drive driven by fear, but a motivation driven by compassion and empathy and love for one another, knowing that what is to come is going to be a great shaking. There's no avoiding that moment, that this system itself, whether it happens tomorrow or whether it happens in five years, there is a a collapse in process that this thing cannot be rectified, that ultimately it must fall to the bottom in order for us to be free. And so, Father, part of that we pray into is also our ability as a nation and as a people across this world to be part of that change for the better, to place before people the choice of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to let them witness truly the fivefold ministry, the prophetic, the apostolic, the the restoration through healing the broken and the sick, the restoration through deliverance and the restoration through raising the dead. Let us seek those gifts. And we pray this morning that those gifts continue to fall upon people as they reach, that they open their hearts to you and they say, Father, send me. Here I am, send me. These moments now, Father, are for us to choose in the depth of walk which we want. The power which we walk in truly in Holy Spirit to walk as children of the Most High, to set aside our fear, to set aside our doubts, and to, to heal the wounds of shame, and to step into the full blessings of what it is to have unconditional love and faith in you, to step away from our worries of a daily basis that has been, been inoculated into us through years and years of media programming, and to find those roots and to tear them out and truly ask in its replacement to say, I come out of agreement with fear. I come out of agreement with shame. I come out of agreement with doubt. And as I come out of agreement and I speak the word Jesus in my life and I speak the word Jesus over my life, I also take in there, I ask for Holy Spirit to flow into me and to heal, to replace those dark roots and replace them with the roots of kingdom and love. Father, I speak into the world now with my own heart and just pray that as we are walking, that we all understand the power of the word the words that we speak are the power of life and death. And let us take that responsibility and accountability for everything we say. Let us speak life over people. Let us seek healing over people. And let us lift up rather than tear down. We live in a world where butchering and cutting and destroying and maiming and killing has become a standard. Everything around us, whether it's through film, through story, everything ends in some sort of pain or involves some sort of pain to get there. Instead of embracing that walk, let us be committed from the moment that we awake to the, to the entire night of sleep that we're walking in a world of love and healing and restoration to literally rescue, heal, and restore. Let us embrace those three words as the mantle and the hour in which we are called to be part of the greatest rescue mission in human history. 
Or this is a moment in time when we are literally standing on a, on a precipice, looking across and seeing a world careening itself into a, into a pit of hell. And it's us, it's our words, it's our touch, it's our reminder of them, the seeds that we plant that will help people lift their eyes up and see you and not fall. This isn't going to be an easy shift. Babel, the towers of Babylon are falling in a metaphorical way, but as they fall, they will shred that which people worship. The idols will fall. The reprobate minds will be ripped and opened so they can see truly what they have been and what they've become. And this moment of accountability will leave people either broken or knowing where to turn to seek salvation. And in this moment, let us also urgently press forward with each and every one of us and all that will hear that this is the hour of repentance. This hour of repentance is upon us. There is no joke about it. There is no, no time to delay. It is an hour of repentance. So let us in this moment, let us do two things as we close this prayer. Father, we place ourselves before you and we repent for this nation. We repent for a nation that has walked away from you, drifted into the desert of nonsense, drifted into the desert of self-consumption, drifted into the desert of material worship and idol idolatries. Father, we repent for a nation that has stepped away from the greatest value and the love of children and replaced it with the worship of bank accounts and salaries and, and retirement accounts. We, we repent for a nation that has sought to find salvation truly in the beliefs and worships of a government and even a needle rather than the true salvation through the love and faith in Christ. So Father, we place ourselves before you today. We take that burden upon ourselves and we say, Father, we repent for this nation. We raise our hands in prayer and we say, Father, we repent for this nation and we humble our hearts before you and we pray mercy upon this nation. We repay mercy upon this nation, upon this world, but knowing that this nation truly is the one place that if it falls, the world falls. Our focus now is here on this route in this place. And Father, as we pray for repentance of a nation, we also pray for restoration. We pray for restoration of the hearts. We pray for a moment in time that we can now, as a, as a remnant, that growing body of a remnant that can stand in this hour, that can truly weather the storm, we pray for the solidness of our feet on the rock of faith. We pray for an unwavering faith within you and, to, and a, an accountability within ourselves, an inventory of things that we must ourselves take to the throne, repent and release ourselves from. To come out of agreement, to break chains and bonds, to separate soul ties, to heal those wounds that are within us and truly align ourselves purely with the throne. Let us hear your voice. Let us see ourselves before you. Let us see your face. And Father, let us find that place in the quiet where we can truly hear you and walk with you in all things we do. Let us be the image of Christ embodied each and every place we go and each and every breath we take. Let us be humbled by the fact that we are not unworthy, but we are worthy. And let us know that in this walk in life, though in conception we were created in perfection, as we have moved into a world of imperfection and fallen, we have been consumed with them in many different ways by the idolatries and the temptations of the flesh that have corrupted our way. We repent for those things, Father, before you right now. And we pray that you will reveal to us those areas which we must quickly and immediately transform, that we must separate ourselves from and we must repent for so that we have a clear path ahead so that we can be greater in you and truly be as you seek us to be, the children of the Most High. Raise us up, Father. Guide us. Give us the path of discernment and the clarity of eyes to see as you choose us to see. Let us see this world through your heart, your passion, your love. Let us see this world in the way that you would have us see. Let us hear it the way you want us to hear. Let us speak the words of life as you would want us to speak. Let us submit to you so fully and completely in this hour 
that truly, Father, we are walking as you would want us to walk, that we are walking in that path and footsteps of Jesus himself. Lift us up, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I believe truly in my heart that through our Father, the perfection which he seeks in us is achievable. I do not believe that we are born possibly imperfect and cannot achieve that. That To do that, we must be in complete submission to him. And to do that, we must be so deeply submitted to him that in all things we walk purely with the voice and the heart of Father. Seek to see this world through his eyes. And as we do and we see the world through his heart, we transform and we transform massively. This spring, we're coming up on five years on this podcast. For those of you that have been through a lot of that journey, we have all grown and grown immensely. Our Father has led us in an amazing path. We are one of many groups around the world that are doing the same, that he's doing the same thing with. Some are small, meet every day or meet every week. Others are big, like Bard's Nation. But nonetheless, the hearts of the many are being changed. And they're not changed necessarily in the equal rate, for we're, we have to meet people where they are. Where we think we are, there's somebody that's farther along. And where we are, there's somebody that's just beginning. But nonetheless, this is the body of Christ. What we need to be able to do is to separate ourselves from the judgments of this world and see truly this world through the heart of Father. And as we see it through his heart and his eyes, we begin to see a greater sense of what he's doing in this world, which is profound. Read Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, three chapters. Take that in and meditate on it. I really encourage you to. And this is really my push right now because there's such a relevance to the time in which we live. It's not doom but rather it's an amazing moment to witness the power and glory of how Father is working to create a greater moment for all, not just a greater moment for few. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Barnes FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. 
surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 